0: In this weird little universe we call professional wrestling, there are plenty of valid reasons for performers to not be particularly fond of one another. Be it Bret Hart relentlessly burying Bill Goldberg for ruining his career, the hordes of WWE wrestlers Vince McMahon released in the middle of a global health crisis, or are people just disliking Ryback for being Ryback, all of these make perfect sense. The stuff we're gonna talk about today? Not so much. I'm Andy from What Culture Wrestling, and here are the 10 dumbest reasons wrestlers hate each other for real number 10 Cody Rhodes and drew Gulak a pizza party pizza discourse can be pretty fiery online but in reality the whole thing is entirely pointless like what you like order what you enjoy and remember the pineapple is is always wrong. Cody Rhodes and Drew Gulak at least briefly had their own personal relationships sliced up in the presence of some pizza at a merch table in 2016. Rather, as Cody unpacked on Busted Open Radio the following May, Gulak allegedly got upset over Rhodes throwing a pizza party during an Evolve event that both men were working. It was Johnny Gargano's last show with the promotion and according to Cody, Drew looked at him from his merch table, became frustrated and jealous, and got upset for the pizza on Cody's table taking people away from Drew's, which didn't have pizza on it. I mean, fair play if you ask me. Gulak apparently asked Cody, so that's what you need to get over, before walking away in a complete huff. And Cody said at the time as well that he would frequently text Ethan Page just to tell him how much he thinks Drew Gulak sucks. Number 9. AJ Styles and Batista dissing TNA. Having operated almost entirely within the WWE bubble for his entire wrestling career, it's actually quite understandable that, when asked about TNA as a viable opposition in 2005, Batista was critical, isolating the work of AJ Styles, in his eyes, as not wrestling. That's a pretty mental statement, given that AJ is kind of one of the best wrestlers ever But Styles did fire back, saying, and I quote, I think it's funny that a guy who takes a bump and tears his back tells me that I don't know how to wrestle. The moral here is that there is more than one type of wrestling, and all of them are totally viable and good, to be honest. Apart from Ryback's type of wrestling. That's the opposite. Number 8. The WWE roster and Mark Merrow. Capitalism. The reality of Mero's plight was cold. WWE wanted Johnny B. Bad from WCW, gimmick and all, and they couldn't get him. WWE's enthusiasm for Mero was immediately tempered by this. Mark also couldn't get himself a decent contract with the promotion due to the ever-changing nature of the Monday Night Wars, and with a number of other wrestlers stuck on far less impressive contracts, they got annoyed. The crap slid downwards onto Mero rather than upwards towards the power broker. Who could have actually done something about it? Poor guy, his situation really sucks. Number 7. Brian Pillman and the Undertaker. Macho bullsh. This is rooted primarily in conjecture from the era, but it was also addressed in Liam O'Rourke's excellent biography of Brian Pillman, 2017's Crazy Like a Fox. Pillman and Undertaker were quietly at odds with each other during the time they shared a WWE locker room in 1996 and 1997. Taker was apparently less than impressed that Pillman had earned himself a pretty sweet WWE deal after crossing over from WCW. In a typical move for wrestlers at the time who should have known better, Undertaker took issue with the man who got the deal and not the man who wrote the check, which would be Vince, obviously. And Pillman, to his credit, didn't give a toss. The former Hollywood blonde considered the locker room leader a phony and a fake biker who never proved his toughness despite the size of the chip on his shoulder. Number 6. Sting and Insane Clown Posse Face Paint Speaking on ICP's podcast in 2020, Shaggy2Dope, that's his Christian name by the way, Shaggy said that Sting had told him and Violent J at one point that he had a trademark on black and white face paint, which of course ICP have adorned for the majority of their careers. The tale suggests a tense relationship on both sides when Sting and ICP were feuding in WCW's dying days, and if ever there was a time to protect your investments, it was when that show stood no chance of doing so on your behalf. Number five, Simon Gotch and Enzo Amore. Lots of stupid reasons. If you are a wrestling fan who has spent more than five minutes on YouTube, the algorithm has definitely tried to kick the immortal video Simon Gotch buries Enzo Amore your way at least, I don't know, 55 times. And if you're lucky, you may have even seen the sequel, Enzo Amore buries Simon Gotch. They don't like each other, is the key message here. Gotch alleges, amongst other things, that Enzo once broke his leg countering a wrist lock in training. Enzo, meanwhile, has claimed, and I quote... That Gotch has a pair of titties like a 65-year-old woman. Two very different people with two very different approaches to life. Perhaps it's no surprise that they hate each other. Number four, Big Show and Great Khali, being large. Chris Jericho, in his third autobiography, told the story of giant heat between two men who knew at one stage that they might end up fighting over the same role in WWE. Big Show and Great Khali boiled over when Khali decided to borrow one of Paul White's signature spots one times too many. Big Show blew up. According to Jericho, Show practically had smoke coming out of his ears at the time. Hey, mother Why'd you keep stealing my spots? He asked Kali. That's total bull- and you need to stop it right now. Big Show threw the first punch, rocking Kali backwards, and with the opening shots fired, the floodgates opened until Show took a wild swing, fell over a chair, and hit the floor with Kali landing on top of him. The fight was over in the most hilarious and kind of pathetic way imaginable, and Show still insists that he lost because Kali landed on him. Number three, Curtis Axel and Conan. Charisma. A feud that started in 2013 came back around in 2022, when Conan doubled down on a long-standing critique of Curtis Axel on his podcast K100. I said that he has no charisma, which he didn't, said Conan, and I didn't see much of his dad's talent in him. I wasn't wrong, of course, because where is he right now? Axel was understandably pissed off at this. Calling Conan a washed-up dude that his dad, Mr Perfect, hated, Conan alleged in response that Perfect used to treat him so well during their time in WCW that that there's no chance that the late Kurt Hennig would ever say such a thing. Axel has supposedly moved to drop the feud and squash everything. The olive branch was rejected by Conan. Pretty strange, if you ask me, but so is this list. Number two CM Punk and Hangman Page, the apology not being as loud as the disrespect. You probably know the story like you know the back of your hand by this point, but CM Punk calling Hangman Page an empty headed dumb at AEW's post-All Out 2022 press scrum becoming modern wrestling lore in the process. It stemmed, of course, from the time CM Punk stormed out on Dynamite and demanded Paige apologise to him, which in turn came after Hangman's workers rights promo in their feud earlier that year, which contained more than a few lines that Phil Brooks wasn't best pleased with. I won't regurgitate the whole scrum, but this part of the dispute in particular always struck me as something that two grown adults should probably have sat down, had a conversation conversation ...conversation about and figured out several months before it got to this point. And at number one, CM Punk and the Elite, the inability to manage a target. I mean, not to start a culture war or anything, but if I'm going to mention Hangman Page and CM Punk, I kind of have to bring up the Elite as well. Punk's full-on verbal assault of the Elite at the all-out press conference seemingly provoked Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks into approaching him in his locker room. Punk felt threatened, allegedly. A fight broke out, allegedly. Punk threw the first punch, allegedly, and everybody involved was served an indefinite suspension, definitely. Now that we're several months removed from the situation and we've unpacked every aspect, it just seems dumber than it did the day it happened. And at the time, it was so dumb, it made Ryback look like Damian Sandow. So that's our list. But what do you guys think? And can you think of any other completely ridiculous reasons that wrestlers hate each other? Let us know in the comments section below. After that, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. Then, you can follow us on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE and myself at AndyHMurray. The H stands for hate. Don't do it, it's silly. Bye! Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?